I'm Emily. And I'm Sarah. And this is Sisters Take a Side on The Watcher, who just wants you to bring some young blood into the neighborhood. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing creepy at all. <laughs> hey, girl. Oh, hello. Recording it's recording day. Bye. <laughs> girl, sister, sister. <laughs> Happy recording day. Happy recording day. What are we talking about today? Today we are talking about the Watcher. Ooh, we actually have sort of a familial connection to this case. Okay, so well, I was about to ask you, what do you know about the Watcher? But why don't you? So why don't you tell the people our claim to fame with the Watcher story? Okay, so Sarah's the Watcher, I. Surprise. Live interview with the Watcher. Could you imagine? We might go viral. Pretend to be the Watcher. (laughs) Be the Watcher for hashtag clout. Okay. I think this is the second time I've accused you of being a criminal. It is. I mean, you're correct. It is. Okay. So I don't actually – so I'm really excited about this because I know like very, very little about this. I think I listened to like half a podcast about this a couple Mm -hmm. years ago. Um, So like I don't know it in depth. Um, But I do know it takes place in Westfield, New Jersey where we have family. We do. Shout out. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. Shout out to (laughs) our fam in Westfield. Yeah. Um, all right. Should we dive into it? We should. Before we get started, any trigger warnings for anyone? Mm, no. I mean, if you, this, I have to say, this one's actually like a little like spooky. Like Ooh. I'm, I'm a big weenie. So like I <laughs> can't like listen or like read stuff about this like at night. So I guess, I don't know, trigger warning if you're a weenie like me. I don't know. Ooh. It's a little spooky. 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 All right. Spooky. All right. Let's get started. Tell me all about it. So it's June 2014. San Antonio beats Miami for the NBA title. Alexander Stubb becomes prime minister of Finland. Well, hello. Obviously important historical events. Casey Kasem dies. Right? What? Emily graduates from college and is making below minimum wage as an executive assistant. I mean. Set in the scene. You were the best executive assistant, though. Just I walked that guy's damn dog every single day. <laughs> yes, you did. And you were great at it. <laughs> okay, but more importantly, Derek and Maria Broadus pay $1.3 million to buy their dream home, 657 Boulevard. Six bedrooms, four baths, 3,900 square foot home. I couldn't have said that word or if I tried. Um, built in 1905. So it is a huge house. It's a big house. Pull up your Google machine and Google the address and look at a picture of this house. Mm -mm. Give me the Google machine. Um, Okay. 657 Boulevard. And that's like the full name because it's like fancy. Fancy white people don't need streets. They just – it's just 657 So I started typing it into Google. Mm -hmm. I got as far as B-O-U. And it's and the first right up, yeah, yeah. Take a look. I think Netflix just did a thing on this, right? Yeah. So disclaimer: I have not watched the Netflix series. I don't think Sarah has either. 
Because I've heard it's just kind of like a weird mashup of like a bunch of different stories. So I'm not into it. This is like the legit The Watcher story. This is not the Netflix adaptation. Um, Tell us what you think. So... She's cute, right? She's cute, but there's not a lot of pictures. Um, no? Zillow just has one. Let's go back. Maybe because there's Rewind, too much interest in the case. Wine, wine. Yeah, probably. Okay. Let's go back. Well, moving on. <laughs> okay. Run sorry. Her. Yes. She's, she's, she's cute. She's a big fancy house. Okay. She is cute. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I'm with you. You're here. All right. So six... 57 Boulevard. It was actually never publicly listed for sale. Um, the previous owners, the Woods family, owned it for like over 20 years. And when they put it on the market, like it went on, <laughs> it went on the market, but it wasn't like they had a big for sale sign in their yard. Like it wasn't that whole thing, right? Mm-hmm. So it goes on the market. The Broadduses put in an offer and it was accepted on June 6th. So this date will become important later. Okay. June 6th. Okay. Yeah. But before moving into the house, Derek and Maria hired contractors to do, like, a bunch of renovations, like, all of that. Smart, I guess. That's, um, yeah, that's a good idea. When you buy a $1.3 million house, you got to wear <laughs> that shit up. Um, so one day, Derek stopped by the house to check on the contractors, the progress, and he checked the mailbox and found a letter postmarked for June 4th, mind you. So this is two days before so, yeah before the actual sale of the house mm. so the letter was addressed to the new owners and it read in part quote dearest new neighbors at 657 boulevard allow me to welcome you to the neighborhood how did you end up here did 657 boulevard call you with its forces within 657 Boulevard has been the subject of my family for decades now, and as it approaches its 110th birthday, I have been put in charge of watching and waiting for its second coming. My grandfather watched the house in the 1920s. My father watched it in the 1960s. It's now my time. Do you know the history of the house? Do you know what lies within the walls of 657 Boulevard? Why are you here? I will find out. End quote. What the fuck? I can't. Right? So the letter goes on and it makes it very clear that like this person has been, I mean, watching the house, right? So it makes mention to the Broadus' family's minivan and it makes mention to like the contractors, like, right? So clearly this is someone who has like recently seen the house. So... The writer goes on to say, quote, who am I? There are hundreds and hundreds of cars that drive by 657 Boulevard each day. Maybe I am in one. Look at all the windows you see from 657 Boulevard. Maybe I am in one, end quote. What? I just got the worst case of heebie-jeebies. Right? It's spooky. It's spooky. Um, So then, and this is where I have, I have in my notes, absolutely not. The writer mentions the Broadus's children, quote, you have children. I have seen them. Was your old house too small for the growing family or was it greed to bring me your children? Once I know their names, I will call to them and draw them to me. Bruh. Welcome, my friends. Welcome. Bye. Let Burn it. Let me begin. Nope. 
burn and- it. I'm out. Okay, but I have a question here. Can I okay. ask you a quick question? Yes. So this is postmarked June 4th. Yes. So presumably, the sale of the house is done. Yes. On Well, on June 6th, it's officially done. So how does this person... So it's interesting. So right? So this person basically wrote the letter... Before they moved in. Before before they moved in, before the sale of the house was final. So the stuff about like the minivans and the contractors, I guess they had like been to the house before, right? Because so I feel like I'm about to mansplain home buying for you, (laughs) right? So like you put in an offer on a house and it's accepted and then you have like 30 days usually to close, right? Sometimes it's 60 days. Sometimes it's longer. So my understanding is that this is within that period of the house you see what i'm saying okay so like they bought the house but it's going to close some smart realtor write in about this that might not be right (laughs) yeah i'm curious like how did they know it was them well that's the thing so they didn't he didn't in this letter the watcher does not address them as the broadest but he does in later letters he or she does in later letters. okay got it so he addresses them as the new owner so it's like this person knows that the house was sold you see what I'm saying? Got it. Okay. I was just curious, like, how did he know about, like, the children and, like... Right. Weird. Okay. All right. I'm with you. Okay. So Derek, of course, calls the fucking police to report this. I mean, hi. Right? And so the police come and they, like, take a report and they give some recommendations, like, you know, you should move some of the construction equipment that's around the house, um, that could, you know, break a window or a door, right? In case this like creep was kind of trying to break into the house. And that was basically it. Like they took the report and were like, dude, sorry, you bought a creepy house. I don't want to tell you. Right. So Derek goes home and has to tell his wife Maria this. And all I can think is, holy shit, can you imagine? No. Your husband comes home from your brand new multi-million dollar house. And I was like, hey, sweetie, small, small problem. Hey, schnookums, guess hey, what? Schnookums, schnookums, got a little problem here, right? So Maria freaks out, obviously, and they decide to write a letter to John and Andrea Woods, the former owners of the house, right? Mm-hmm. So Andrea Woods very nicely responds like right away and is like, oh, yeah, we received one letter like right before we moved out, like right before the sale of this house. And that was it. What do you think about that? Do you think that's true? I'm going to call – Sarah's eating a piece of pizza right now, guys. Sorry. Um, Sarah brought fucking pizza. I brought a snack. Door. I'm really interested in this. Like, I'm going to, like, hunker down. Dude, I'm ready. Hunker down. <laughs> um, I don't know enough to know whether or not that's true, but I think that's odd. It's odd, right? They live there for 20 years? No. Okay. So, two weeks go by and another letter arrives. Which reads, in part, quote, Welcome again to your new home. The workers have been busy, and I've been watching you unload your personal belongings. Have they found what's in the walls yet? In time they will. (laughs) End quote. (laughs) Dude, I'm never going to sleep again. You're welcome. Um, So the watcher calls. This time he calls Maria and Derek by their names. um, And he also refers to their children by the nicknames that Maria and Derek call them. 
to which I have in my notes, absolutely not. It's a no for me. <laughs> Burn it down. It gets so much worse there. You don't even know. Okay. The letter continues, quote, have you found all the secrets it holds yet? Will the young blood play in the basement or are they too afraid to go down there alone? I wish you guys could see Sarah's face. <laughs> I would be very afraid if I were them. If you were upstairs, you'd never hear them scream. Who has the bedroom facing the street? I will know as soon as you move in. It will help me to know who is in which bedroom. It will help me plan better. End quote. No. No. I'm sorry. No. No. Okay. So at this point, Marie and Derek are just straight up like, we can't live here. Right? Obviously. Like, they've begun the process of like moving some of their stuff in, but they're like, we can't. Like, this is nuts. So <laughs> Derek starts to like get a little into it at this point, which like, I can't say I blame him. Like, I'm picturing mean? him like setting up a war room, like red string connecting the dots. Like, <laughs> he's like super into this. So some of his like initial theories are that the letters are coming from maybe potential buyers who lost out on the property potentially, or that it's some kind of current neighbor who is maybe upset about all the construction, just kind of like crotchety in general. Okay. What do you think about that? I think that's plausible. That it's I a neighbor? That's possible. Yeah. yeah. I think that's possible. I, I mean – in these neighborhoods where these old homes are, like, you have to imagine these people have been in their homes for a little while and – Yeah. To see yeah, I mean, this is a very home. nice neighborhood. This is very fancy pants, like – Yeah, and to see another home on that street, like, you know, get reconstructed, I could imagine some people maybe, like, have some feelings about that. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay. I could see that. Okay. Well, two weeks go by and a third letter arrives. This one, and here's just a little little quote. Quote, where have you gone to? 657 Boulevard has missed you. End quote. Mm. And this letter makes reference to um, like different items in the house that could only be seen through like windows in the back of the house. Like it's making it very clear someone is intimately familiar with this house, right? Mm -hmm. So Derek starts to look at like neighbors that have a direct like eye line to the house. Right. And one house in particular stands out to him. So Peggy Lang Langford Lang Langford. I don't know why I just thought <laughs> that was that weird. Peggy Langford is in her 90s and she has lived in the neighborhood for decades and has adult mm -hmm. children that live in her home with her. She lives in the home directly behind the Broadus's new home. So, you know, Derek okay. starts to get a little suspicious about little pegs, pegs there. So Peggy's adult children were questioned by police. Um, Michael Langford in particular was, was a particular in interest to the police. He was like a grown ass man living with his mom, which is totally fine. But they were like, maybe you're a creep. I don't know. So he was interviewed by police. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, and he claimed to know nothing about any of this, right? So what I think is interesting about this, and one of the sources I read, which um, I'll list all my sources in the, in the show notes, 
is that the police had told Maria and Derek, like, dude, keep this low key. Do not talk about this because if we're going to catch the person that does this, like they're going to have knowledge about this. Like, and that's how we're going to prove it's them, right? They're going to have guilt knowledge. Oh, okay. If you're out there like spreading the word, it just kind of hampers our efforts, right? I hate that a little bit, but all right. Right. So again, Derek is going to the police reporting all of this. And the police are like, dude, we can't do anything about this. (laughs) Like there was just nothing they could do at this point. So here's my, my random like tangent about all the weird shit Derek does to like take matters into his own hands. So he starts staking out the house at night, like sitting like a creep in his yard, trying to like catch this person. He starts diagramming the neighborhood to identify which houses are like close enough to have overheard names. Um, He hires a private investigator to look into this. And I could only confirm this in one source. So I said this with like a grain of salt, but apparently he started looking into training German shepherds that could like stand guard the house. And and again, this just comes from one source, but apparently he like posted on some kind of neighborhood Facebook page saying like looking for, <laughs> looking for veterans or, and like former police or former military who wanted to come and work out in his yard. What the fuck? <laughs> And intimidate. That's the most absurd thing I've ever heard in my life. Okay, Derek, why don't we take it down several notches? Okay, Derek. Derek's going Derek. in on this. So this private investigator he hires does some like an analysis on the letters. And here's what they found. I find this stuff kind of fascinating. I, I mean, is this like real science? Like, no, but I think this is interesting. So okay. the flow of the letters make it clear that this was a very well-read person. Mm-hmm. Is one of the first things they say, right? Um, it was double spaced, which is common with people who are familiar with typewriters. And mm. overall, the language was very old timey. Hmm. So when I hear that, I'm thinking my girl's pegs looking looking good for this, right? But like <clears throat> at ninety, is pegs. Were these handwritten letters or were they? No, these were typed. typed. Mm-hmm, they were typed. And do we know if it was like a typewriter or computer? Mm, I I believe it was written on a computer. Okay. But like it was formatted like someone who was familiar to writing on typewriters. Which, I mean, to be honest, like Tomothy writes on a typewriter. Like it could <laughs> be him. He's – how old is Tomothy? Tomothy. Is Tomothy the Watcher? <laughs> well is he is it sarah is it Timothy? <laughs> who knows i'll so, never tell do we, <laughs> so i i hear this and i'm thinking my girl pegs looks good for this uh, are I you an apologist look at you i might be because like okay. I, I think that's a stretch i don't i don't love it i think it's a stretch personally. oh okay all right well, hot take that shock of your life when I tell you Pegs did this at the end. Yeah. Or having like a big bozo. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So all of this. So private investigator comes up with nothing besides it was an old person that did this. Okay, great. So it's so now it's the end of 2014. No promising leads on who did this. The Broadduses still have not moved into this house. So 
they sold their current house. And so now they're living with Maria's mother, right, with their children. So at this point, the watcher starts to get, like, pissed (laughs) that they're not living in the house, right? So letter number four arrives. Quote, I will rise again. I will be patient and wait for this to pass and for you to bring the young blood back to me. Let the young blood play like you once did. Let the young blood sleep at 657 Boulevard, end quote. To which I have my notes. No, thank you, ma'am. <laughs> uh, it's a no from me, That's dog. An absolute no. Hell no. So... At this point, Maria Bradis is diagnosed with PTSD, which, like, of course she is. Oh, shit. I mean, would you not – are you kidding me? That would be, like, the least of the things I would be diagnosed with if this was happening to me. And – go ahead. I, oh, so I'm just – okay, so we're on letter number four. Yeah. Over the span of how many months? Six months. Okay. Oh my god, you're oh, no. moving just, into this house. Look at you. you're moving into this house. I'm just thinking like <laughs> And I mean like maybe because I'm I don't I mean I'm not a mom, I'm not a parent, so like but to me I would just be like, okay, this is annoying. Like I totally get that it's like a little spooky. I totally get that it's like weird. But I would be like, this fuck this motherfucker, like I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. PTSD feels like a feels like a stretch to me. Are you kidding? Okay. okay. It feels it feels like a lot. It feels very dramatic. It feels like we all need to sit down. We need to take like several deep breaths. We need to take it down several notches. And we need to like This is really rich coming from the <laughs> girl who made me walk up to the door of her apartment because there was a cicada there. All right, cicadas are different. Okay, oh, they're different. Okay, great. Well, so if you guys want to torment Sarah, no need to send her creepy ass fucking letters in the mail. No, not like cicada killing her children. Just put a cicada out. For her. I'm just saying, like four letters in the span. So a letter, a month, barely a letter a month, yeah. and all of a sudden I have PTSD. I don't know. I don't know. I, yeah. it, I, okay. It's not happening to me, so it's hard to say. But that just feels wow. So. This sister takes a side of pegs. Okay. Great. I'm just saying. Okay. Here we are. I don't think it was pegs. I think that's – I don't think it's pegs. <laughs> Cut to me at the end of this episode being like, it was fucking pegs! <laughs> After like six months of this, the Broadus has put the house on the market. Right? So now let me – let me ask. If this were you, would you disclose – to potential buyers about the letters. I mean, isn't there a thing where like you don't have to disclose about someone dying in a house when you sell it? I think you do. Yes. I think you do have to disclose that. Or is it like state by state maybe? Maybe state by state. Yeah. In Virginia, I'm pretty sure you do. (sighs) I mean... I guess you do, but like, but my thing is like, okay, how do we know like this isn't just like for these people? Like, how do we know yeah. that the letters are going to continue? Like, how do we know it's not someone who's just like dicking around with this family in particular? Like, would, okay. any, would you take that risk? Would you buy a one point three million dollar house, taking the risk that some creepy 
fuck is going to send you letters about murdering your kids? Broke ass couldn't even afford a bush on that property. So no, (laughs) I wouldn't personally. But like, did we look into whether or not this guy has like any enemies? Did we look into like- the first letter came before, like it came addressed to the new owners. You know? But didn't it reference them specifically? The second letter did, yeah. The first letter didn't. No. <sighs> okay. Sarah, I don't I, know. You guys could see Sarah's face. Sarah's I so don't know. by this entire thing. Okay. Okay. Um, so <laughs> I have um, thoughts. Unlike Sarah, the, unlike Sarah, the Broadduses did the right thing and included a partial disclosure to all potential buyers. <laughs> You would put it. You would disclose it. Absolutely, mostly because I wouldn't want to be sued on the back end for like. How would you be sued? Because like, if you fail to disclose problems with the property before you sell, you can be sued for that. Aren't they not going through a realtor? Wouldn't that fall on the realtor? Well, you have to. Only you know. Like, like you would have to. I don't. And I can. Please, I, (laughs) dear listeners, I bought. My husband and I bought our house in the spring of 2021 when the housing market was absolutely bananas insane. And, like, if someone was, like, the watcher is living in your basement, I'd probably been, like, great. Fine. <laughs> Will we pay some rent? Like, it would have, like, right? So I say all of this, like, a grain of salt that, like, did we probably sign some kind of disclosure document? Yeah. Do I remember what it says? No. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I, I would be know. curious. I would be curious. Like, I would love to hear from a realtor. I would yeah, love right, to know. Right in. Tell us what how how that works. Like I can't imagine that the liability would fall on the former ho- homeowner. I don't know, but I guess I also feel like it's like the right thing to do. <laughs> I guess they're never going to get out from underneath this house, though. Well, right, right. I mean, well, and it's like, and again, this is like such a silly example compared to this, but like when we bought the house, we. And I can Mike is gonna shake in his boots when I say this. We waived our like rent our property inspection, right? Because the market was right. so competitive. That was like the only way to get a buyer to accept your offer and those all this stuff, right? So we waived the property inspection and we moved in. <laughs> well, we hadn't and even everything moved. broke. Yes. Yes, basically. We hadn't even moved in yet. We had we basically we hired someone to come do their, our own inspection, and we realized the entire HVAC system had to be completely replaced. It was completely non-functional, <laughs> and I'm right. Like, I, I was pissed. Like I was pissed at the sellers. Like you should have disclosed that. Maybe, but like they don't have to. I, well, I guess that's right. I mean, <laughs> fucking hot I mean, over here buying a house without like having it inspected. I mean, yeah. And I'm gonna be honest. If you are, if if living in this home has has pushed you to the point of a PTSD diagnosis, in my head, I'm going to do anything I can to get out from under the house. Yeah. Right? Like, so again, I kind of go back to, okay, like, how traumatized are we here? I'm an asshole. Cut to me being an asshole. (laughs) Sarah is the asshole. Okay, great. So, um... So they did the right thing. They included this partial disclosure. So basically, they would disclose to any serious buyers. So like it, right? So like if you made it through to the offer stage, then they would disclose this to you. So naturally, no one wants to buy this house. No Obviously. one. So at this point, 
they start to get like pissed at the woods and they decide to sue the woods family for failing to disclose that they received one letter before they moved. So in 2015, June of 2015, so a year after they buy the house, the Broadduses file a legal claim against the Woods family. But here's where it's tricky because at the same time they're doing that, they're also trying to keep quiet about the letters because they're trying to sell this goddamn house, right? Yeah, this, yeah. So here's, I love this. And again, I put this in just for you because I know you're going to love this (laughs) spunky spirit so much. So the world's most ambitious, like local court journalist right who was just like strolling through the county court records looking for any freaking thing that he or she could write about catches wind of this lawsuit the broadest has filed against the woods and this reporter looks into it and finds copies of these letters as part of like the discovery in this lawsuit right mm-hmm. and reports on this and that's when the story goes viral can you imagine this scrappy little spunky report? Like this just had Sarah yeah. vibes all over it. <laughs> Sarah, the spunky local reporter. Guys, Sarah wants Sarah thought she was gonna be a journalist for a really long time. I did a very long time. That was <laughs> and then I somehow wound up in HR. So you know. And doing a podcast. Here we are. <laughs> so okay, so Lots of rumors started to like swirl about this, right? So now this is all public. So one, a couple of the fun rumors um, that Derek Broaddus was the watcher and did all of this thing, all of this for either insurance fraud, which I don't even know how that works, or because they wanted to become famous. For <laughs> the love. Okay. So there's... In the end, their lawsuit against the Woods was dismissed as being just not. So yeah, that's Sarah smart. Feels, Sarah feels mitigated. So they're still doing all kinds of things to try and sell this house. They approached developers who thought that they could tear the house down and like rebuild two separate properties on the lot, um, but their local city council denied that request. They thought about selling it to a corporation that runs halfway houses. But, like, the city council, again, was like, you cannot have a goddamn halfway house in our nice mm-hmm. neighborhood. Yeah. So. God of heaven forbid. Yeah. So, in 2018, they began renting the house out with the caveat in their rental agreement that they would let the leasees out of the agreement if they ever received one of the letters, which the renters promptly did within a month of living there. And the letter, like, referred to, you know, them being renters and, like, all this creepy shit. And so, the renters were like deuces i'm out of here okay so in 2019 the house was finally sold for nine hundred and fifty nine thousand dollars which is a loss of four hundred thousand dollars so these people were just paying a mortgage on a house they weren't living in on a multi-million dollar house they could not live in if that can't give you ptsd i don't know what could Let me ask you something. Okay. You've paid all this money for it. Mm-hmm. You've renovated it. Mm-hmm. Would you still live in it? Given the letters? No, I don't. Th- I don't think. Really? I would. Yeah, I don't think. 
I'm like a pretty, as you know, I'm a pretty anxious person as it is. Like I, you know, I love my security system. You know, I'm, I'm checking that camera every chance I get, right? Like I worry about stuff like that, that like, I don't think I could move in, especially with children. I would be too scared. Yeah. You know what? You know what's funny? Uh, we're sitting here recording and like, you know, I have my headphones on. Mm-hmm. And I can, you know, I, I hear you, but I also hear like sounds. Like, I don't know. I don't have my sliding, my sliding glass door open. So like, I don't know where these sounds are coming from. The watcher would like you to bring young blood into your <laughs> Please. Like, I don't know what's going on, but um, I don't know. I Would you move in? You would. I can tell you. I, can I wouldn't. You would. So, so if I were this family and I had paid all this money and I'd mm-hmm. renovated it and I think I would probably, I think I would live there. Would you really? I'd get my Simply Safe set up. Yeah, I think I would because, <laughs> because, it, and I don't know if I'm just like, oh my extra God, sassy today. For us. Oh, we love you. <laughs> <laughs> Simply Safe. Um, yeah, like I think I think I would be like I don't know if I'm just extra sassy today, if, but I you think I would be like today. I think I'd be like fuck this guy. Like you're not gonna scare me out of this beautiful home that I just bought for my family. Like mm-hmm. local police. Like I think I would I would cause a bigger issue with local police. I think I would be filing. Like I would be doing everything I could to yeah. live in that home. Because what yeah. are you gonna do at that point? You're going to pay a mortgage on a multi-million dollar home you can't live in. That's unacceptable to me. Yeah. Well, and what I do think is interesting is that, like, it's so clear to me that this is someone that lives in this neighborhood, right? Like, it is so clear to me. And more so than that, like, at one point, and I didn't have this written down, but I I read one of the sources, Derek went to the police and was like, look, I know it's someone within these 10 houses. Like he narrowed it down to basically like their street because of like, you know, this is where someone would have to be to overhear us. This is where someone would have had to be to see this, you know, see through the window, right? Like all these things. And in my mind, I'm like, you just, the police need to go to every single one of those doors and be like, get down to the police. Like, I'm figuring this yeah. out, right? Yeah. I mean, if I was going to be taking any action, I would be taking action against the local police. And I would be going there every day and saying, listen, I've done your job for you. Yeah. Which in and of itself is unacceptable. Yeah. Right? I, I'm being terrorized in my own home by a by a neighbor. Yeah. Where are you? I would be going to my city council and being like, listen, this is a problem. This is yeah. happening in your neighborhood. We are new to your neighborhood and this is happening to us and this is unacceptable. Like, I, I think, in, I, I guess to me, it's like, why would you let this person like terrorize you? you? Out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that, that should, that shouldn't be okay. I know. But at the same time, like your home is like the one place you are supposed to be safe and to, like, imagine not feeling safe in your own home. Yeah. That would, that would be terrible. But mm-hmm. I would, again, you know, I would be for, I would. And I would so you, probably you would you would get veterans to come and work out in your front yard. Obviously, me. obviously, I would get veterans to do a couple push-ups on my front lawn. <laughs> no, that is the most ridiculous thing. Again, everyone is at a thousand in this, and <laughs> Derek's at a thousand in this, and and the police are at zero. Like, can we meet in the middle? Maybe oh, like you're could so we, right. And could we find at fucking nine hundred? 
could we find like a fucking even ground? Like, I don't know. I, to me, like not living in that's just unacceptable to me personally. Okay. That's how I would, feel. Okay. Would you, would you sell it at a loss? Would you be willing to like take it on the chin basically and like lose money on it? And I mean, understanding these are, these are obviously like wealthy people. I mean, they're buying a $1.3 million home. So these are obviously, right. I mean, like these are wealthy people. I mean, I mean, losing almost half a million dollars is a shit ton of money, but I would imagine this is not going to send them into like bankruptcy. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I don't fault them for it. It doesn't sound like they had a choice. Yeah. Um, I just, I don't know. I think I would, I think I would take the loss. You would. Yeah. To get out from underneath it. To get out from underneath it. Yeah. But then I was like, I was reading, like, I just, I don't know, just like the terror and the fear of all this. Like when they, so they they eventually bought another house, right? To live in. Right. And they like created an LLC so that they could buy the house without anyone, their name being attached to it because they were afraid this guy was just like obsessed with them. You know, mm-hmm. like, you just had to, like, go through all these hoops to, like. Yeah, I'm not going to take it away from them that, like, obviously this is a very scary situation. Yeah. Um, But, I mean, I think I would – I think I'd stay and fight. Okay. Well, well and here's kind of the the wrap-up. Here's the – Yeah, so the... what's the conclusion? Who Who was it? Do we know? So – DNA testing was eventually done on the envelopes. Finally. And the DNA found on the envelope belonged to a woman. It's Pegs, isn't it? Fuck to me. This it's day, probably Pegs. The case has not been solved. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> Fucking hell. It's Pegs. Allegedly. But like, what ninety-year-old is like, <laughs> like I on think her a ninety-year-old who has lived in the neighborhood for forty-plus years? I think there's an incredibly good chance she would be pissed about someone coming in and doing construction on a home that has that's a hundred and ten years old. Right? I don't love it, but I mean, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I don't love it, but. Well, and that is Sisters Take a Side on the Watcher. What are your thoughts? Like, what do you, what, what's your conclusion on this? My what's your conclusion? side? Okay, so my side is that this is 100% someone that lives in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And that this is 100% solvable. Thank you. I agree. Like this is like very. This would be very easy to figure out who did this. I think that the Broadduses were dealt one fucking shitty hand, and but then I also think like, oh God, what privilege is it to be like sitting around talking about like these rich people that couldn't move into their million dollar house, right? I'm like kind of like, but I also think like this is a truly terrifying story to me. Like this is a really scary story yeah and i feel for them i feel badly for them um 
but I think this is 100% solvable. What do you think? What's your what's your final take? I don't negotiate with terrorists. <laughs> I just I I yeah, I agree with you on everything you said. I just don't think I would move I would like bring it on motherfucker, like <laughs> let's go. <laughs> I mean, because all they're doing – okay, so you're getting some, like, creepy letters in the mail. Yeah, that's that's scary. I couldn't imagine living that and, like, having that happen to me. But, like, what are you going to do? Are you going to come in my house? Well, let me let me show you. Look, come on in. Come on in. Like, um, Sarah just made a shotgun Jeff. <laughs> Who am I? Annie Oakley. Um, I don't know. But, yeah, like, I, I – so you would you would get the security system, you would do all the things. Yeah, and you I would. would. Yeah. yeah. And then if something, you know, if something did happen, I'd be suing the shit out of everyone. Unless you were dead. I'd be suing the police. The killed you. <laughs> <laughs> God. Fair. Okay. Well, so there you that's have. That's what I. That, that's yeah. That's if what you I would, would like to terrorize one of the sisters on Sisters Take Aside, go <laughs> terrorize. <laughs> Me, the one, <laughs> the one making the shotgun hand gestures. <laughs> Go terrorize her. I do that? Who am I? Who are? Have you? I'm sorry. Have you ever even held a gun in your life? I have. In fact, um, I in college went to the shooting range several times. So okay, it's fine. With a boyfriend. Um, once with a boyfriend. Once with a friend's boyfriend. She was there too. It wasn't like. A- no. Okay. <laughs> Anyways. Anyways. Whoa. All right. Sisters take a side on, you know, being terrorized by a creepy ass neighbor. Um, Sarah says, feel free to terrorize her. Emily says, fuck away from me. <laughs> and that is sisters take a side. <laughs> Sarah, what are we doing next week? So next week, um, I am going to be chatting all about Anna Sorkin. And Shut I just have two up. words for you. Give it to He's me. He's so basic. <laughs> why, why so poor? Why so poor? You're so okay. basic. <laughs> the people that just, who, is, who is Anna Sorkin? So Anna Sorkin is... Um, She's like the New York debutante who basically made everyone think that she was like hot to trot, rich as hell, and she was not. What was it? What's that show about her called? Do you remember? I don't, but I'll probably cover it next week. This is riveting. (laughs) Um, Well, fantastic. I'm so excited. That will be a good one. And that's one I actually don't know much about. So, yeah, it's going to be really good. Just. Just be ready. He's so basic. So basic. <laughs> well, thanks y'all for listening and checking in today. Um, if you loved today's episode, give us a rating or review on Apple's po- Apple on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Spotify. You're listening to this. And mm-hmm. as always, if you didn't like it, no please don't tell us anything. We don't need to know. 
You don't just need move to move along. If you're Sarah's ex boyfriend and you just want to like blast us on the internet because you don't like her, please don't. After she, you went to the shooting range with her in college. Don't. There's no need. To write in. <laughs> um. Yeah. So. Oh. oh and um. Thank you to all the amazing sources that I referenced today. Um. They'll be in the show notes. Um. But I do want to give a special shout out to the Let's Go to Court podcast. I listened to their episode on the Watcher and it was um fantastic. So. Shout out to them. Go listen to that if you um, were interested in this case. Yeah, that's fantastic. Awesome. All right. Well, I'm Emily. And I'm Sarah. And that's Sisters Take a Side.